Good evening. It's wonderful to see everyone here. We want to thank everyone for being here with us tonight. As John said, the crowd is kind of sure there are, there are uh, many people that are sick, and we want to keep those, those people in our prayers, but we appreciate everyone who is here tonight. We thank you for making the choice and the decision to be here to worship God in truth and in spirit, to open God's Word and to study God's Word, and it'll be a benefit and a blessing in our lives that we get the opportunity to look into God's Word, that we can read it, that we can study it, that we can try to apply it to our lives so that we can be better Christians in the future than we have in the past. I'm going to have most of the verses up here on the board from the King James Version. There's a couple times that we're going to read in John chapter 15 as well as back in James chapter 1. So if you have a Bible or a phone or something there, have it handy as we go. We turn to the scriptures and we look and we read at those scriptures to, um, together here tonight. As John said, we are doing James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18, which is where Nathan left off the last time that he spoke on Wednesday night. And also James chapter 4, verses 4, 1 through 12. And I also wanted to mention it was on the board that Ian and the rest of the guys from India, I think they start flying home on Sunday. Uh, I mentioned Ian because we want to keep them and all those guys in our prayers as they start flying home. But he is the one that also divided up these studies in James. So if, 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 if you wanted to give him a hard time, then, then you can do that when he gets back. I'm sure he'd appreciate it. But let's keep those guys in India in our prayers. As we've been going through the, the book of James... To me, especially my lesson tonight here at the end of James chapter 3 and also in the beginning of James chapter 4, it's amazing to me how much it really connects and kind of goes with some of the things that we've been doing these past few months as far as the fruit of the Spirit, and how we should behave and how we should act and how we should do those things. And also, Brother Monty talked about unity as we started that new series of studies, and there's some unity here, and James is talking about all these things. He's talking to Christians, he's talking to Jewish Christians specifically, and some of the issues that they're having and how they can correct those issues. One of the other things that was brought to my attention is that since I've been doing the, the book of James, there's been no maps. And the reason that there's no maps is because James is kind of not really a map lesson. In Acts, we went through lots of territory, we went through lots of places, and it was interesting to me and fascinating to me to see the journey that those people took. But in James, there, there, there's really not a, a, a need for a map. But a map was requested, so I have this map up here for you guys tonight. If you recognize this map, this is from Dora the Explorer, and it's the map. Not my favorite character in the show, but I wanted to make sure that I had a map up here so maybe it would lift everyone's spirit during these Wednesday night studies that here's a map for tonight. But getting back to our, our, our study here in James chapter 3, where Nathan left off there at the end of James chapter 3, he left off in verse 12, but I want to back up and read those last three verses of his study from the last Wednesday that, that he did. Because in James chapter 3, verses 10 through 12, the Bible says, Out of the same mouth proceed the blessings and cursings, my brethren, these things ought not to be so. Doth a fountain send forth the same place, sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine, figs, so no, can, so can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. And what the point that he's making here is that you can't, you should not use the same tongue for blessings and cursings. He says the same fountain can't bear both types of water. It says the same type of tree, a fruit tree, is only going to bear that one specific fruit. And James is telling them, you be the fruit of righteousness. You be those whose tongue is a bridle, whose tongue is under self-control, and as someone who is searching those scriptures daily. And he can continues those thoughts as he goes through the rest of this chapter. It's saying that you can't be one or the other. You can't be a friend of the world, as we're going to read about, 
and then you'll be, because you'll be an enemy of God. You must pick which road you're going to take. And they were in error, and I think he was trying to correct this error. And we want to continue that thought of what kind of fountain are you? What kind of tree are you? What is your tongue being used for? And it should be, be using for glorifying God and bearing that fruit of the Spirit or that fruit of righteousness. So starting my lesson here tonight in verse 13, the Bible says, Who is, as leaving off where Nathan did, says, Who is wise? Who is a wise man and endured with knowledge among you, let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if he have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth, this wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. So he says there, who is a wise man among you? He's pretty much saying, who's intelligent? If you're intelligent, show your good conduct or your good conversation through your works with meekness of wisdom. And he's going to explain what wisdom it should be. He said, that's the type of person you should be. Someone who is intelligent and knowledgeable in the word of God and is living out that word and bearing that fruit. He says, if you're bitter or have strife in your hearts, and if you have a new King James Version Bible, you'll see where it says strife in your hearts. It says self-seeking. If you are a self-seeking person. If you are self-absorbed and all those things, it says don't glory in that. Why? He says because that wisdom is earthly, sensual, or unspiritual, devilish, or demonic. And I could go on and on about some of those things, and I won't go down a rabbit hole tonight. But it says if you have self-seeking, if you have envying in your heart, that's where the confusion, every evil work starts with that. And it's also a pride issue, and he's going to talk about that during this, this study as well when we get to James chapter 4. It's saying if you are an intelligent man, he said, then you should have good conduct in meekness and wisdom. If not then you've got all this evilness going on here. And it says, the wisdom that is from above. And then he explains this earthly wisdom, this earthly, this sensual, this devilish wisdom that is that bitter living, that is that strife and that self-seeking. And then he says, but this is the wisdom that is from above. Verse 17 says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure and peaceable, gentle, and easy to, to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. It says there in verse 18, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. That could be my new favorite verse. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Are you a peacemaker here tonight? The Bible says in Matthew chapter 9, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God. The children of God are peacemakers. That's, that's who we should be. We should be the ones that are bearing the fruit of righteousness or the fruit of the spirit that we have been talking about. And that is a humble person who is a peacemaker. It says this wisdom is from above. It is pure. It is peaceable. It is gentle. It's easy to be entreated. Mercy. Good fruits. Partiality without hypocrisy. It's basically saying this godly wisdom is the exact opposite of this earthly wisdom. What the earth wants and what the earth desires is not what God wants or what God desires. God's wisdom is about making peace. It's about bearing the fruit of righteousness. And it's about unity. So Yomani talked about unity last Sunday morning. 
and it was a, a really good a good lesson. As, as I was going about this, one of the things that I think he brought up or was that about being, being a peacemaker, that if we're going to have unity with each other, there's going to be some issues, some things that come about. It says, but we should be a peacemaker, someone who is looking out for other people's interests and not on our own interests. And I think James is touching on that here in James chapter 3 about this wisdom that makes you a peacemaker. You know, in Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, the Bible says, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercy, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in loneliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And it says that that means interest. Look not on your own interest, but on interest of others. And it says, let nothing be done through strife or self-seeking or selfish ambition or vainglory, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Some of the issues that James is talking about is all, all has to do with someone who is self-centered and self-seeking. That person is not interested in being a peacemaker. They're interested about getting what they can get. And that is earthly, that is sensual, and that is demonic. And that's what James is preaching against there. He says, the wisdom that you have from God, the wisdom that was provided to you, the wisdom that James is giving them now, he said, that is from above, and that is about unity and peace, not selfish ambition, not vainglory. vainglory. It's, it's about looking out for other people, other people's interest. Back in James chapter 4, or starting in James chapter 4 now, verses 1 through, through 3, because he kind of continues uh, some of these thoughts. He's still explaining to them why they're doing these things and how they can correct and fix these things. James chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible says, From whence come wars... And findings among you, come they not hence, even of your lust that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye find and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. He's talking about their, their fleshly nature. He says those fleshly lusts. He, he says, where do all this, these fightings come from? Where do all these arguments and all this worldly stuff come from? It comes from your fleshly lust. It comes from that spirit that they have inside of themselves. It says this love that they have, it says that you kill, you desire to have, and you can't obtain it, and you fight and you war and all these things, and you don't get. And then it says you ask, and you don't receive because you ask amiss. What he's saying is there, you are double-minded. Back in James chapter 1... James chapter 1, and I don't have this on the board, but in verse 6 it said, But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. James chapter 1, verse 6, But let him ask, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. He said, you are unstable. Whether you ask, you're not going to get because you ask amiss, because you are double-minded, you are unstable, because that war that they're going on, that fleshly war that they have inside themselves, it's apparent that they're not winning. And it reminded me of what I talked about in my last Sunday morning lesson when we talked about self-control in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 11 through 12. Where Peter says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, 
they may by your good works, which that same thing he's telling the dearly beloved, since you are pilgrims on this earth, it's difficult. It's hard that we're on this earth. Those earthly, sensual, demonic, and devilish things are constantly in our face, are constant things that we have to fight a war, war against. And it says, you abstain, you put away, you don't do those things because they war against the soul. And Peter is, 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 is even preaching to me the same thing that James is, saying, have your conversation honest. It's to have that good conduct, that good conversation. That when they want to speak evil against you, they can't because you have good works. And those good works come from the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of righteousness, which comes from the wisdom that is from above that God and His Son, Jesus Christ, has given us. So he's teaching them that when you are doing those things or you're feeling that self-seeking or that envying, he's saying that is that fleshly war losing in yourself. And to me, it's a daily, hourly battle that we have. You know, James also says here in, in, in James chapter 4, verse 4, he says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do ye think that the scripture saith the vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud and giveth grace unto the humble. So he's pretty much saying here, ye adulterers and, and adulteresses, you that are doing these things, that have that earthly and that sensual lust and are giving into those lusts, he's saying you are the enemy of God. You know, when we were talking about Acts and we were looking at Acts and I kept saying to the Paul that pulls no punches because every time we look at Paul and the things that Paul says, he's, he says exactly what you need to hear, whether it feels good or not. Well, James is the same way. This is hard language. He's telling them that that self-seeking that you have, that is demonic, it is earthly. And he's saying here that if you are doing these things, you are the enemy of God. It says, the scriptures say the spirit that dwelleth in us Lust is to envy. That spirit that's in us wants those fleshly lust. We have to understand that as we talked about the fruit of the spirit constantly, we kept reminding ourselves during those Sunday morning lessons that those fruit of the spirit is not natural for us to do. It is difficult for us to do. It's something that we must diligently focus and work towards having that fruit of the spirit or that fruit of righteousness, that those earthly things, those sinful things, that's easy. That is easy to do. It says here that the spirit that dwelleth in you wanted, is, is, is wanting to do these things. But he says, but God giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. And that's the main word there is proud. You can trace it all back to pride. All these things, all these sinful situations, all these things that James is preaching against here can stem from pride. But then he says, but he giveth grace unto the humble. And we're going to talk about humble here in just a minute. But I think James is laying it clear for these people that he's talking to. He's like, you got one way or the other way. You want to be the enemy of God or the friend of God. And it reminded me of Romans chapter 6, verse 16 through 17, where the Bible says, know ye not that to whom ye yield yourself service to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Verse 17, but God be thanked that ye were the service of sin, but ye have, but ye have obeyed the for, from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. You know, so here in James chapter 6, it's saying that whoever you're going to obey, whether that's the earthly 
sinful or you're going to obey God, that's, that's who your master is going to be. That, that's the same type of language that James is saying here. You've got to be a friend of God or enemy of God. It's saying here, you're going to be a servant of sin or a servant of righteousness. And you get to pick which one you're going to do. Because we all have that war all the time. And it says there, but God be thanked that you obeyed that form of doctrine. What was that form of doctrine? The gospel. That you obeyed the gospel, you heard, you believed, you repented, you were baptized. You, you confessed and you were baptized and you were saved. You know, Back here where, where James said that God resisteth the proud but, but giveth grace unto the humble, the humble person comes to God. That grace that is given is the gospel, that doctrine that ye can obey. That's the grace that God has given to the humble because the humble man seeks out and finds God and then God shows him his plan and he obeys that plan and then he's, he is righteous there. You know, Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogance, and the evil way, and the froward mouth, or the perverse mouth, do I hate. It says that pride and that arrogance, all those things that we feel lead towards the world, and they don't lead towards God. And God pretty much says, I hate these things. God says, I hate those, those fleshly lusts that human beings go to do. But the humble person... The person who submits himself to God will see that form of doctrine, will obey that word of righteousness, and is able to win that fight, that war that we have while we're on this earth. So that's why James says in James chapter 4, verses 7 through 8, he says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, or draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. So he brings that up again, just like he did in James chapter 1. You double-minded. He says, you are double-minded. You need to submit yourselves to God. And submit is, you're, be a slave. Be a servant to God. And he will raise you up. It says, resist the devil. When I see the word resist, that's effort. That's not, you know, that's not just like a light, hey, I'm, I'm done with you, devil. You must fight and you must resist and continuously draw towards God. And the great thing about God, it says that when you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Just like that prodigal son who was coming home and he was drawing towards, he was getting near to his father's house and then his father came out and met him. That, that's what we're talking about here. It says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, you purify your hearts. Ye double-minded. It's all about being connected with God, His Son, Jesus Christ, and His Word. It's the Word. It's that wisdom that, that, that's from above that if we continue to have in our hearts and our minds, we will be able to resist God. And one of the best ways to draw near to God is to pray and to study His Word. Turn with me, if you will, to John chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. John chapter 15 Beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch of me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, and that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. And for without me, you can do nothing. 
If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and a man gathered them up and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Verse 9, as the Father hath loved me, I have lo- so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even if I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. These verses just expound and explain what James is talking about here. He says, abide in me because you can do nothing if you are not abiding in me is what Jesus said. And we just talked about fixing ourselves, right? If we have that war, that, 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 those fleshly lusts, and we want to get away from those fleshly lusts, the key is Jesus Christ. He says, abide in me. And how do we abide in him? In his word. By being in his word, by studying his word, and by living out his word and keeping his commandments, we will be able to abide or abode or become one with God and Jesus Christ. So as we're going about studying James here, especially towards the end of James, we're wanting to improve our Christian lives. Being Jesus Christ, and the, the best way to be in Jesus Christ is to be in his word and to keep his commandments. And he says, then you can be clean. Then you can be whole. And you can win that fight, that war against the flesh. James also says here in James chapter 4, beginning of, or James chapter 4 and verse 9, it says, be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. And I, I, I like that song too. Maybe you immediately thought of that gospel song when I, said, when, I, when I read that verse. And then James says, here's something else that you can do. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. And most of the time, I don't want to do any of those things. That's not what I want to do. That's not what Justin wants to do. That's not comfortable for me to be afflicted and to mourn and to weep. It says, let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness or sadness. Why? Why is James telling you to do these things? He says, whatever laughter that you have in the world, get rid of it and mourn. It says, whatever joy that you have in the world, those joy and those fleshly lusts, get rid of it and be in sadness because the man or the woman that is afflicted, that is mourning, that has weeping and sadness, that person draws near to God. That person is humbling themselves in the sight of the Lord, recognizing who you are when it comes to who God is. And sometimes if I really think of the things that I do and the things that I say, it will make you want to weep. It will make you be very sad. And then you'll realize Jesus Christ is all. That if I'm not drawing near and I'm not humbling myself in the sight of God, there is no hope for me. And the great thing is that if you be in that state that you recognize, it says God will lift you up. Because it's not about this world. It's about the next world. It's about the next life. It's about that home in heaven. It says get rid of those things. It is better for you to mourn. It is better for you to have sadness in this world and draw near to God. That way God can save you and lift you up. You know, it reminded me of the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 through 9 says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. 
when you talk about the humble servant, the humble servant is poor in spirit. The humble servant mourns. The humble servant is meek. The humble servant hungers and thirsts for righteousness. The humble servant is merciful. And the humble servant is pure in heart. And if you are these things, then God will lift you up. And, and, and he lifts you up by saying, then the, yours is going to be the kingdom of heaven. You're going to be comforted. You shall inherit the earth. You shall be filled. You shall obtain mercy. You shall see God if you humble yourself in his sight and get rid of all those whatever's in the way. And be that humble servant, and you will be able to draw near to God. And God is already waiting for you to draw near to him. In conclusion, it says here in James chapter 4, verses 11 through 12, and 12 will be the last verse that we cover tonight. It says, Speak not evil one another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother, and judges his brother, speaketh evil of, of the law, and judge, judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver. Who is able to save and to destroy, who art thou that judges another? So as we see these verses, it reminds me of trying to put things into perspective. It says here that if you're going to speak evil and, and cast judgment upon your brother, it's saying there that you're obviously not a doer of the law. I said there's only one judge, and that's God. There's only one lawgiver, and that's God and his son, Jesus Christ. They are the ones that are going to be doing the judging. You are the one who should be doing the loving. You are the one that should not be focusing on these things, but be focusing on being a doer of the law or a doer of the word. It says that vengeance is mine, I will, I will repay, saith the Lord. So don't concern yourself with these things. Concern yourself with being the servant of God, one who is, is after that wisdom that is from above. In conclusion, in James chapter, if you'll turn back with me to James chapter 1, verses 19 through, through 27. James chapter 1, verses 19 through 27, as we talk about these last two verses here. It says in verse 19 of chapter 1 in the book of James, it says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, Slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if, if, if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man, beholding his natural face in a glass, or looking in a mirror, and beholding himself, and goeth his way straightway, for, and forgetteth what manner of man he was." But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty, continue therein, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridled not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain, pure religion, and undefiled before God. And the Father is this, to visit the fathers and the widows, and to keep thyself or himself unspotted from the world. So it goes back. If you start, if you really look at the book of James, you can really flip-flop through all these chapters back and forth, back and forth, as he's focusing here. And it says here in, in the first, it says that be ye doers of the word, that those that are going about judging their, their brother is those that are probably not slow to speak and not, not slow to wrath and not, not slow to hear, or, or, or that is swift to hear or not swift to hear. So he's saying to be a doer of the word. And to me, sometimes that makes me just focus on me, focus on, on the word of God and, and, and studying the word of God and living that out in my life, that not being a forgetful hearer, because a, a forgetful hearer will fall back into those fleshly lusts. And the forgetful hearer will fall back into those sinful things and not be that servant of righteousness. So be a doer of the law, be a doer of the word. 
and let God do that judging. As we conclude, I want us to, to, to just remind ourselves of some positive aspects of, of, the, of this lesson, that we should be a peacemaker, that we should with meekness have good conduct, that people see our good conduct. We want to be that light, that city that is set on a hill. Most of those people that are going to see that are not sitting here in this room. So as you go about and you have your good conduct in your day-to-day at school and at work or at the grocery store or, at, or, or wherever you are, be a person who is living out God's word. Be a person who is with meekness and gentleness having that good conduct and humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. And I want you to try to do that. Try to focus on that mourning and that weeping and that sadness so that you can realize that God and his son is your only hope. Study the wisdom that is from above and be a doer of that word. And constantly Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. And that is a day-to-day thing. Constantly think about how can I take a step closer towards God. Tonight, if, if you are not a child of God, and you have not been baptized in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to walk in that newness of life, that, that, that you have not begun that journey, that you have not obeyed that form of doctrine, as we talked about, that you wish to be baptized in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to, to start living that life for him and crucifying that old man and crucifying those fleshly lusts so that you can be that person that is living out those fruit of the Spirit and that fruit of righteousness. We have water. I said we had water, and there is no water. But if you wish to be baptized, I guarantee you we will find water. We will get that done, absolutely, if you are in that state tonight. If, you're not, if, if you are a child of God and you kind of realize as we've been going through this study that maybe you have been a friend of the world a little more than you should have been, and, and, and we understand, I, I understand, if you need the prayers of the church so that you can get rid of those fleshly lusts so that you can start winning the war for your soul, we are here to, 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 to help you with that as well. Tonight, if there's be anyone of either class, would you please come sit on the front row and make your wishes known as we stand and we sing.